Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Rugby Report card. I'm going to get it out there straight away. I apologise if you hear the sound of construction work in the background. Uh, Jimbo Jones, the apartment he lives in, someone is doing some renovations and, look, we've done our best, but we can't we can't get rid of the sound. So it's there. I apologise. Welcome to the Rugby Report card for another week. James, how's things in the construction site? And look, it's not great, man. It's not great. They just do this shit every fucking day. And I'm on school holidays too. It's just brutal, man. At 7 a.m. they're up. And they sometimes randomly knock on your door. They got no idea what's going on. I'm trying to do a podcast. I went and let them know, but they don't give a shit, man. They just here, do their thing, no matter who. That's apartment life, life, isn't it? Because we had an apartment down in Cronulla once. Every school holidays was just that sound. It's just permanent. Someone's always doing something. And with this whole COVID and getting people employed and shit, it feels like it's going on everywhere, which I'm down for. I get what we got to do. Invest back in. But, fuck, it's annoying. Right now it's annoying. Invest yeah. back out. That's tough. Well, we are here to talk rugby, so hopefully they will give us enough clean space to, to chat about a fantastic weekend of rugby. Um, Australian Conference, you had what I would say is the best game of Australian rugby the standard, the quality, the scoreline, the talent that I've seen in fucking years. Um, you also saw a very average game of rugby, but with two teams with a lot of passion, but pretty poo, let's be honest. Yeah, um, and, then, and then over in the Kiwi Conference, we saw two golden point games, um, not to mention the start of club rugby this weekend, brilliantly covered by Stan, um, a fucking smorgasbord of footy this weekend. Uh, never easy to watch it all. How'd you go watching it all, Jim? Mate, it was a difficult endeavour for me, as, as I let you know. Saturday night, I was under the pump. I was a plus one at a 30th on a catamaran in Sydney Harbour, and we were supposed to dock at 8, eight o'clock, right? And I was, I was fucking in the Kenzie going, brah, you got to get us in a bit of and you got to get us to that King Street Wharf early so I can jump off, jump in the closest thing with the TV. I imagine you were the... Uh... The most popular guy at the party, trying to get it no. to wrap. Well, I had to be covert. No one's interested in the rugby on that boat. Everyone's more interested in taking photos. But I had to be covert, getting the captain's ear. Captain was a fan of rugby, so it helped a little bit. But I docked that shit. I got it docked at 750 <laughs> You gotta do what you gotta do. Everyone's paid 200 bucks for the experience, but I got it in 10 minutes early so I could jump over to the pub. And look, what a cracker. And I, and I was particularly motivated because I missed their last encounter when the Brumbies played the Reds at GIO. Didn't get to watch that one live either. So I, was, I, I had a bit under the gut firing my so, uh, motivation to go see it. The social life of Jimbo Jones, mate, it sounds tough. And this is the good thing, man. You know I'm no good at the kiss goodbyes and the shaking hands and all that shit. Actually served me well here because when we docked, I was out of there. Yeah. I didn't have an obligation to do the 20-minute goodbye and the conversation. When will we see you next? All that how, shit. How tough are the goodbyes? They're getting tougher, man. They get tougher. But, you know, as you grow up, you realise you've got to do it. So I've only got a couple more years left of just smoke bombing before you're just a dick. Yeah, eventually you've got to concede. It gets worse with the kid, though, because everyone wants to say goodbye to the kid. And by then, you've normally hit tantrum stations where the kid mm. just wants to leave. You know what sucks, Bart? Because if you get invited to one of these shindigs and you go, oh, look, you got a lunch at 12, we'll leave at 2. If you're leaving at 2, you've got to start wrapping it up at quarter past 1. So everyone's there, oh, they're only here an hour and 15 minutes. Because yeah, goodbye takes 45 minutes. They take a long time. 
we all just need to meet at the table and just agree that, man, when we're leaving, we're leaving. If we don't catch it, we don't catch it. It's all good. And how bad's that one goodbye, the person you haven't even spoken to yet? Yeah. yeah so the, the high goodbye, goodbye. The goodbye is the high. It's yeah. brutal. Brutal. <laughs> It's impossible. It is. <laughs> um, anyway, hi, goodbyes aside, let's chat rugby. I think let's get started with the Brumbies game because um, my heart was ripped out and broken and smashed into pieces. I'm going to throw a quick summary of the game out there. Could you? And, and, and you tell me, right, right or wrong, what do you think? So my read of it. That fucking construction suing my head in, dog, but I'm going to push. Um, my read of it was the Brumbies came out of the gates firing. Uh, they looked like, um, honestly, they looked like the better team. I thought the systems were just going to overpower the Reds. They look like they know what they're doing at all times. And I love that Nick White has that genuine 50 option. So at the start of the game, when defence is tight, he can just put up a contestable kick. Um, and that was serving the Brumbies well. Everything was working. The operations were running nicely. Um, I was super, super excited, super, super impressed. I thought the return of Wright and Al Alatoa was just going to be enough to make up for the two-point differential last game. Um, then take out Paisami, and whenever the Reds had the pill, they looked lateral, um, and they looked like they were waiting for brilliance rather than that direct hard running that they've been known for. So I thought the Brumbies had this in the bag. I really did. I got pretty confident after 20. Um, and then as the game went on... Fucking the Reds just hang around, mate. They hang around like a bad smell. You know, yeah. they hang around like someone who's not even done the high goodbyes. They're just waiting till the end of the party. Um, and they just keep accumulating points. And then I think a few things happened. One, they dominated the scrum. Um, and yep. if you take the Brumby set piece away, it's game set and match, isn't it? Yeah, it's sewn up. They, they build everything off that line-out mall and that scrum, and the Reds were able to dominate the scrum. And I just think that is how good Tanioli Tupo is. Um, he yeah. can dominate a wallaby front row. And, and definitely came into the season too. He wasn't great at the start. He was getting penalised a lot, overplaying his hand, was sometimes said about him. But um, he's really developed into that starter that you need. You know, I'm going to go on a limb and say, and say he's overly penalised. He's like the kid that's a bit bigger than the other kids. So the ref just penalises him to even up the ledger. Yeah, and he's got that Christmas morning enthusiasm with everything that he does. He can be a bit trigger happy. He can be a bit trigger happy. But I thought the Reds took over at scrum time. The Brumbies genuinely looked to get tired. Um, At about the 60-minute mark, they really waned. Um, and the bench was used late and didn't offer much, which is unusual for the Brumbies. Mm. I thought the bench was used way too late. The Brumbies looked way too tired. The mm. Reds took over the set piece. And mm. then the Reds, man, they're just a fucking champion side with a lot of belief. They just found their mojo. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Dalguna off the bench carving. Jordan Batea reminding us why he is... Limitless potential and genuine world-class talent. You've got guys like Fluke coming into the side. I don't know who this kid is. Carving. Harry Wilson shaking off any sense of second-year-itis. Um, and those big players stepped up in big moments. Um, and James O'Connor, he's fast becoming my Wallaby 10. As much as I didn't like it originally, he just controlled the game. Um, so the Reds, man, to their credit, they just hang around long enough. The Brumbies seem to get tired uh, and they got the job done. You've got to give it to them. 
which seems to be the game plan against the Brumbies. They're, they're, a, they're a good team. They're a great team. Probably don't have the shine that they did last year for whatever reason. But if you can stay in the contest with them, the momentum will go against them. And they're you know not what? a team. They're not a team that can fight through that momentum well. It takes them a good 10, 15, and points will be put on offer. They can be heavily penalised at times when the pressure's on. And if you can stick around and capitalise on the, the ref going against them a bit, you can win the game. We saw with the Tars. The Tars fucking had their number for a good half, for a good 40 minutes. They were just whipping that pony. But um, so if you stick around, it's all right. They've got some work to do, man. And if I was Dan McKellar, it'd be suicides till Wednesday. Get in shape, boys. Yeah, the fitness worried me. I don't think the Brumbies are necessarily a worse team than last year. I think um, arguably better with Ikatau at 13. I just think the Reds are that much better. I think the Reds have improved dramatically between the seasons um, and the Brumbies are probably similar. Um, let's be honest, though. Uh, uh, one decision different at the end of the game, Brumbies win this. And is our yarn completely different? You know, that's that's what we're talking about here. And fuck it, I'll say it. I'm a Brumbies fan, I'll say it. End of the game, 79th minute. Brumbies got a penalty in front of the post. The arm went out from Nick Berry. McWright's hand was on the ground in the ruck. And then the ball spills out. Barry shits the bed, puts his arm down. Reds get the turnover when they game. Wow. Look, it's, it's madness. Now, don't get me wrong. I, that's why I said all those positive things about the Reds. This is my grumpy Brumbies fan bitch. Don't put yourself in that position in the 79th minute. But it's, it is tough, and you've got to understand Reds fans. I mean, fuck you. But you've got to understand that, that, what, two, three weeks ago, the same thing happened with Cusack. They went to the video ref to check if it was a knock-on or a penalty. Yeah. Brumby's got fucked. This week. Is this, this is the intentional knockout, eh? No, no. This, yeah, well, this is in the ruck. McBride's hand coming through, knocking the ball yeah. out of the halfback's hand. This happens three weeks later to the Brumbies. The ref puts his hand up, but it all of a sudden disappears. It is like it's hard. Cusack got a yellow for that shit. Exactly. It's hard to stomach as a Brumbies fan. However, I don't think it changes the result in terms of don't put yourself in that position. You've got a 14 point lead. You're stacked with Wallabies. Um, You shouldn't have allowed yourself to be in that spot. The Reds fucking, they earned it. They won it fair and square. Those decisions happen in rugby. Um, but man, you've got to understand, Reds fans. It hurts us. It hurts. It feels rough, you know. That's yeah, it feels rough. It feels. Rough. It, it, it's worse when it's the Wallabies, but it's worse. Yeah, much and, worse. And look, you know, you don't want to come in here and talk about the rest, but I, I will. My team loses by two, so I will. I'll take that opportunity. Um, I think what we're, what's so frustrating is. Um, the confidence and arrogance in which the ref blows the whistle in the first 60 minutes of the game as if they're fucking Mussolini and everyone needs to shut up and listen to this fascist dictator. Yeah. They're all-knowing. They're like, you know, the school debating captain. Yeah. Calling some dumbass at the debate. And then for some reason in the last five minutes of a close game, they cannot find their whistle. No. you got a historical figure that they're like in that scenario? Uh, who is just a net? Just a little bitch. Uh, who is British Prime Minister in the 30s? Can't think of his name. No idea, mate. Little bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, that would be my reference. Where, where's the whistle go, man? 
no, see no, but it happen in every game, mate. They cannot it, find. Look at around. We saw that. Can't find saw it. that in the Kiwi games too, with the extra point. Like there was some dodgy shit going down in that Crusaders game in the last five. And you can't tell me that all of a sudden players learn discipline with five to go. <laughs> yeah, but it's a tough gig. It's a it's tough, a tough gig. gig, mate. I wouldn't want to blow the whistle either. No, neither. But but, but fuck yeah, you know. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So that but that's bothered. the sport. The structure of the sport is that when it's a close game, teams play for penalties more so than they do anything else. It's just yeah. how it works. It is how it works. And it look, it is what it is. And that's why I'm saying the Reds won fair and square. They are the better side this season. Um, I cannot wait for the grand final. Um, I, I don't see the Brumbies winning unless they sort the scrum out. If they mm. could get parity at the scrum... I think they can win this game of rugby. Now, that's the Reds without Paisami, Paisami and Vinavalu, though. Um, but I still think the Brumbies can do it. But as long as Tupo is tearing their scrum apart, um, I don't think the Brumbies will beat them. How long is Paisami out for? I think it's only two or three weeks or something. I oh, think okay. he's back for the finals. Yeah. Um, and the Reds will get a week off now before it. Um, yeah, let, let, let's talk some individuals then. I just wanted to throw out Valentini. Um, that's the best I've seen him play in a big game. I've been on Valentini's nuts for years. I'm Hanging off of him. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Hang, he, he, to me, he's, I'm not comparing, but he's the same mould as like an Artie yeah. Savio in terms of his physicality. Yeah, you've been um, jumping on the giant swing for the canyon for a number of years now. Years. But generally you see it with him against the Summers. Or against the Rebels. Um, where is he against the Crusaders, you know? Well, he's um, young, man. He's playing into his position, playing into his age. But that's what I'm saying. It was awesome to see him dominate against the best team in the comp. Yeah. I feel like McKellar's the type of coach you could get a fire going in your belly too. Yeah. Well, he can bench. He can bench. If your coach can bench, it's got to mean something. So I thought Valentini was fucking sensational. Um, it couldn't have been more on him from the Brummies. And I also thought Neville deserves some props as well. Um, I thought Neville is really coming into his own as the second rower now. Mm. Um, it's exciting, the second row stocks. We've got Rodder coming is, home. It is, isn't it? That's the Philip pos- coming home. Tamani's and, come home. And that's the position that's developed as the year's gone on. Because at the start, you're like, fuck, we're short here. What are we going to do? But it's, it's exciting to see these people put their hands up. I'm huge on Hosea. Huge yeah, me too. Me too. He's a big boy too. Yeah, he's a big um, lad. Uru from the Reds as well. It's very exciting. I mean, at the start of the year, the Wallabies were lacking hookers, second rowers, and full backs. Um, second rower is starting to improve. Haven't seen him tested against international opposition, but with Philip and Rodder and Tamani coming home, the depth mm. is building. Fuck, I'd love to throw an Arnold and a Coleman in the mix too. Um, Old news, mate. Old news. Big bolster and tall timber. They're done. Hawkins, great. I'd love to see him back. He's a young kid too. Uh, but anyway, that's growing. Hooker, I'm not as I'm not as sold on. I'm nah. still very very nervous. Um, and then fullback, Tom Banks was sensational this weekend. Absolutely sensational. He has made kicking for touch a genuine form of art. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Fucking it's poetry, it. mate. In the nation's cap, man, you put that in the national gallery. You could. Some of the you kicks could. of these done. If you get a nice painter to do the trajectory of the ball on each kick for touch, dude, people would buy tickets. Van well, Gogh. I, I, heard, 
I heard um, Banksy. He was going to catch up with Banksy and they were going to do a little artwork, a little kicking for touch artwork. You should do something, get a little side project business going. Get an ABN. Hey, Dax. He should. Um, I thought Wright was fantastic on the wing as well. Uh, reminded us all why he's a Wallaby winger. Yeah. Yeah. He, his pace over a 20 minute, the Thunder Thighs. We the said it last thighs. year. He's incredibly quick and just has got so much to offer. He always surprised me with his skill set because when he first arrived on the scene, bit one dimensional, real good, strong runner of the ball, but he's chip and chase. His positioning and defense has really lifted up. He, he's really in contention for the Wallaby wing on well, my th- mind. I think he was a fly half growing up. So I think he had to learn playing on the wing. Now he genuinely feels like a genuine winger. I'd love to see him at fullback. Um, I think he's got the skill set to be a fullback. Um, mm. But, you know, you're not going to move Tom Banks out, are you? No. Um, but exciting, exciting times. Now for the Reds, um, I thought it was a real return to form from Harry, uh, from Wilson. Uh, and I know people are on him. I actually thought he was having a bit of second-year syndrome where last season he was so, so dominant. Um, and then this year we, you know, upped the hope and ambition for him. Hadn't delivered as much. I thought it's really starting to deliver now. Yeah, that one barnstorming run, which I thought was incredible. Um, so he's impressing me. I can't get off Tupo's nuts, mate. No, you can't. He's so fucking good at football. Yeah, I'm too. I'm worried he's too good that then some other club overseas is just going to throw the kitchen sink at him and he's gone. Well, get Scott that's a concern. Seven hundred and give it to Tupo. Who? <laughs> Did you read that article? It's not seven hundred. Is what the article came out to defend, but it said Scott Johnson, you know, the director of rugby, sorting out the pathways. The assistant coach, you know, the overlooking coach is on seven hundred k. Fucking madness, mate. This madness. Uh, but apparently he's only on 400. Also madness. Yeah. There's a boys club thing in it. Also madness. Um, Fucking hell. And imagine that job. Wallaby's win, you look like you're killing it. What is his job, Pathways? I think so. Just run a few shitty camps down in Kayama. 400k all, a year. Why they all in league then, man? <laughs> What's going on? Jeff? Read the paper, man. Every single week, it's Australian schoolboy yeah. stuff for the Roosters. Yeah, go to a public school once a term and say rugby's all right. Four hundred k. Once a term, mate. Once every four years, it's like the Olympics. Yeah. Rugby showing up at a public school. Go handed some inflatable Waratah balls down at training with some grumpy bloke with no IQ talking to the kids. <laughs> yeah, just can't relate at all. Four hundred k. Cheers. Anyway, no, I'm sure he's doing a great job. We've, we've digressed here. Um, Reds were great, mate. James O'Connor genuinely looks like a tan carved up. He is like, he must be in such a good headspace. It's so, his whole story is fucking awesome. Is it? Or is it just every Australian story? Mucked around your 20s, got a level head, so did you shoot it? Yeah, but I guess, I guess <laughs> to return at the elite level. Yeah, 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 it's a good yarn. The comeback's a great yarn. Not that he ever went away. His talent and form never really deteriorated. He just was, just loved, loved getting amongst it and just was a victim. We're just like fucking went at by the press. And he got out of here, went to France, figured his shit out, came back. He's just dead. He just grew up, matured. He grew up, but, but his, like that growing up, it's so like you can see it in the team. You see him calming the boys down. You see him making the right decisions as captain. Yeah. Um. It, it like it. It feels like he is a calmness to the rest of the team. 
Um, two blokes that I think are just unsung in the Reds, and we do this a lot. It's Campbell and Stewart. I'm not on Jock, man. I know he's your boy. I would much prefer Dalgunu coming in there on the wing. Well, agreed, but I'd just run Campbell at fullback. I have no idea what Dalgunu's done to get dropped. I can't work that out. I don't know. I, don't I know, know he played literally like AIDS when he played for the Wallabies, but he is fucking sensational. Yeah, maybe and he needs to go to France, have a maturation process, come back, lead the team, jump on some tribal warrior shit, drink tea. And come back. Do you think um, is a winger? I tell you what, I've been completely underwhelmed with his performance this season. No, you're, you're all wrong. Nah, he's been shit, man. His ball security has been absolutely horrific. He gets a bit Christmas morning mode enthusiasm as well, which prones him to making some colossal errors. Loves a flick pass. Loves just trying to make something. He's really good at beating people one-on-one. An ad line every single time. It's a guarantee an ad line. He Agreed. just needs to work on the three things that have dropped his game down, and it'll be perfect. But he seems to have progressed in that regard. No, I think you're wrong, mate. The kid's, what, 20, 21? His dad just died. He's had every injury under the sun, and everyone's looking at him to be Israel Flau every time he touches the ball. But even himself. He's looking yeah. at himself like Israel Flau every time he touches the ball. He is, he is. And I think on the weekend, he delivered that. You're right. The rest of this season, he has been pass. I'll give you that. But I just think at his age, you don't have that consistency yet. But when you see it come together, like this weekend, he kicked a 50-22, and mm. then he went in and he finished the try in the corner. Mm. Mm. Um, it, it was the moment the Reds won the game. When you look at how the Reds beat the Brummies last time, it was the grubber through for Patea. He shows up in big games and big moments because he's a fucking freak. Um, yeah. Those errors, yes, true. His hands, hands like feet the rest of the season. Just yeah. think, give him some time um, and keep backing him. And I think Brad Thorne's done that. I worried moving him from centre to wing, but he, he looks more comfortable in the wing to me. He does. And that's what's going to be my takeaway. Brad Thorne has definitely been like, let's take the pressure off this kid and put him at 14 instead of all the pressures that come with 13. And it just seems to open him up a bit. He's a bit more comfortable in that position too. Absolutely. So, mate, just a fucking fantastic game of rugby. And what I mean by that is the handling off the charts, the tactical kicking, which is something since, what, 2003? Wallabies have prayed at the altar of um, don't kick the ball away. And Australian rugby got obsessed with it. Now, it worked for us in 2003 when we beat the All Blacks. It worked with us with the Tars. They played a ball-heavy game in the Reds in 2011. Um, But it doesn't work anymore. And I think both of these teams tactically kicked really well. They goal-kicked really well. Both teams line-out function. Both teams have massive scrums, but the Reds just dominated the, the standard of footy was fucking awesome for this game of rugby. Absolutely awesome. The, the physicality, the mm. handling, the option taking across the board, it was awesome. My only problem is just Nick Berry, mate. The breakdown's a gangbang. Doesn't, doesn't ever favour the pilferer. Always favours the ball carrier. Um, and I just can't forgive him for the decision at the end of the game. I'm going to be sour for a long time. But, but it was a sensational game of rugby, mate. It was the best, the best parts of our game. Uh, I mm. loved it. I cannot wait for the grand final. Um, I do think, do think it'll be tough for the Brumbies to come back psychologically after two losses. Yeah. Awesome yeah. to see almost 20,000 people out there as well. Yeah, great crowd at Lang Park. Awesome. Um, 
All right, should we jump over to the other Australian game? It was... Yeah, hit it. What, what a what piece was... of shit this was, mate. What a piece of shit this was. If I was Wessels, I'd be getting on the phone to the islands. What do you got? We've got no ability to score any tries. You got anyone with a bit of spark, anyone who could break through a line. It's been deplorable, their attack this season, with absolutely no reason. They have the firepower. They've got the guns. They've got the forward pack and the front foot ball. They just cannot cross that fucking white line. And it's disgusting. It's, it's horrible. Where they're at right now, we're eight rounds into this shit. And the, the percentage of actually crossing the white line is disgusting, man. I, I, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay. This is, a, this is a failure of a season, no matter what happens from here. I can't agree more. Um, I do think, and I think you're right, when you've got, again, I've never really rated Hodge, but the dude is an, a wallaby back. When you've got Lamani, he's a halfback playing on the sting, but fucking hell, that kid's lightning. You've got Corabetti, the greatest attacking asset in Australian rugby right now. You should be scoring tries. He has not scored a try this season, not a single meat pie. Someone Zero. has to be held responsible. I think Joe Powell's been sensational at the rugby. Yeah. I'm going to point the finger, and we were fucking swinging from his nuts at the start of the year because he can control a game of rugby. Yeah, ziplining. Matt Tamua is not a 10. He is a 12. He does not take the right options at 10. He's not fast enough at 10 if a half gap emerges. He always looks like he's in second or third gear at best. Matt Tamua is a 12. They need a genuine 10 in Melbourne. Uh, and I think that is where so many of their problems are stemming from. Now, everyone was swinging from Lewis Holland on the weekend, coming over from sevens. I'm excited to see how he goes. I really am. The bloke is a very good sevens player. His chick is mm. a thousand times better than him. He wasn't that good, though. No. But that's that That's that 400K. That's the 400K shit. That's you get the fun. sevens player to come over and sign for the Rebels play a game and then get everyone to swing off him, zip line off his nuts. That's what you do. And then the pathway opens up. The pathway opens up and people start relating, get the fire up for the Olympics too. It's good it's, shit. It's too late for the Rebels now, but then they needed 10. Yeah, remember when Hutchinson, Henry Hutchinson was running on the sting for the Tars, I think it was? Yeah. And then he just goes back to the Sevens world. Like they seem to come over, do a cameo, see if they can cut it and leave. But I with this it, format and with the Australian format, there is room for him to do that. Oh, well, this year it's all about um, there's no sevens because of COVID. Yeah. There's no international tournament. So to get them playing footy at an elite yeah. level, get them over yeah. here in Super Rugby. Um, and that's why you've got Skelton on the bench, who's normally a loose forward playing in the backs. I mean, that, yeah. does that tell you enough about yeah. how little that their backline has? You've got a halfback on the wing, an inside centre playing 5'8", and a loose forward as your, as your back on the bench. Um, it's just like they're, they're not respecting the backline at all. No. Um, the forwards keep going from strength to strength. Wells, best season ever. Kemeny's a fucking beast, mate. Big fan. The, Hardwick, the, great. Leota and Hosea, love him. Famosili, beast. Eloth, beast. Hansen, you know, he's a journeyman. He'll get the job done. Ulysses um, hmm. on the bench. We're waiting for more there. Forward pack's fine, mate. For Australia. The forward pack is completely fine. And they're winning their contests. They, they hold it up against all the teams. They do really, really well. It's just when they get that front football, things just get fucked up somewhere in the back line. It's, it's not good. And it would be very frustrating in their position. And it seems like it's almost like an arrogant kick for goal thing. 
Mm. Um, that we, we take the points, which I think we all liked originally at the start of the year. And the Reds do that really well. They take the points, they jog back, and they get on with it. The problem for the Rebels is it's manifested differently. It looks like a lack of confidence thing. The other team's yeah. got a yellow card, and you're still going for three, and it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, no idea. Congrats on the force. Um, they they got to be pumped, mate. Getting a win away from home is huge. Yeah, good on them. Good on them. I tell you what was really good by them is who they picked at ten. I was so worried that they were going to just get John O'Lance back in there. I don't know much about this Domingo Motti, this Argentinian fella, but I thought oh, he did quite good. well. Yeah, well, it did really well. It's Kyle Godwin's twin brother, isn't it? That's what I can't work out. <laughs> Same bloke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Congratulations. I can't get over how far Kurundrani regressed. Mate, he started two years ago, his regression. Yeah, didn't the Brumbies do well flicking him at the right time? Yeah, yeah. They timed that very well. Um, the the force looked good. The second row looked good. Thrush and Tamani. Um, they just don't look like there's much cohesion there, the force. But the fact that they can win a game like this with no possession, no territory, um, and just hang in there long enough through awesome, awesome defence shows that the head's in the right place um, and there's there's a bit of talent in that footy team. Yeah. The, the, the round eight, the Rebels need to, if they're going to fucking want to be contesting in this next comp that's coming around with the bubble happening, they need to sort some shit out. They need to take some risks with some selections in the back line this week, try tomorrow at 12, bring an incumbent in for 10, bring an, a, a young kid in, but it's no longer okay to pick the same team. It's no longer okay. Yeah, Rebels suck. Force, they're building something. It's a slow burn, though. Like, you feel like they're a season to the way. Yeah, they're three years out. From having these players. But it's good that we've had the Super Rugby AU to um, get them ready for the Trans-Tasman because you feel like they'll be physical enough now to hold their own, whereas they just may have been slaughtered if they showed up round one. Mm, I'm not. Yeah, they're going to get slaughtered. Controversial question. What do you think about this? Did COVID save Australian rugby? Too early to tell. Ask me in four months' time. I'm still worried, and I was going to ask you this at the end of the podcast, is where do you think, now we've seen them for eight weeks, where do the Australian teams stand up when compared to these New Zealand teams? Well, that was well, how's, be- that comp, how's that comp going to look like? What's the competitiveness in that? And that was going to be my next question. Now, I know what we want to say. And I know every single Australian fan listening to this, and rightfully so, will say that the standard of Super Rugby AU has been as good as the Super Rugby and NZ. Um, yeah. And it has been. From, from a television product, it has been. Even the skill level, the finishing, um, all of it. I think one area where Australian rugby is superior is the breakdown. Um, New Zealand rugby seems to just not worried about the breakdown for a couple of years. Um, But does that translate to Australian rugby being competitive with Kiwi rugby? And I now I know every single punter listening to this will think the answer is yes, and and will be fine. Do you do you believe that, Jim? Here's where I stand, man. And this has been a common narrative throughout this competition. Talking about Australian teams, I. Don't back their ability to quickly um, overturn momentum. When they're down and out 20 minutes in, they're down by two tries. The they... Reds showed you that this year, though? Huh? 
Reds are twice this year. They have, but that's that they've never been really held to the sword. What was it, 15, 6 at half time? That's that's a manageable score line. 14 nil at one point. I'm talking, I'm talking, you watch the hurricane, 17 nil is a big turnaround. But this it, it speaks to the Brumbies' ability. As soon as that turns, they can't overturn it. Just once that turns and there's 30 minutes left in the game, you potentially are eyeing down 30 minutes of momentum if you're the opposing team against the Brumbies. And you watch this Crusaders-Hurricanes team. I remember putting it on 30 minutes in. Crusaders have scored three barnstorming. There's no way. Went to the toilet, came back. Canes have leveled the score. No idea how they've done it. But the turnaround, the flip the switch, the change that shit up, put points on, and all of a sudden you're back in it. They just have that switch. And I don't think the Aussies have a quick turnaround like that. So if they're going to come in, they need to be like the Tars were that day when they put all the pressure on real early and, and held that pressure. They need to start strong because I don't think if a Kiwi team gets away that they're going to be able to split the switch on that. That's my huge concern. At their best, the Tars and Reds, I mean, not the Tars, the Brumbies and Reds, that'll be, a, that'll be an excellent game to watch if they start strong and can stay competitive. I'm just worried about that flip-the-switch nature of those Kiwi teams, heavy points on, real quick succession. What do they have then? That's my big concern. So, so what do you think? The, let's say Brumbies are in Wellington playing the Hurricanes away from home. Brumbies won the comp last year. They're going to be number two this year. Hopefully one. Uh, but let's say they're sitting number two now, clearly. They're yep. in Wellington. Who are you backing? The Canes or the Brumbies? Uh, in Wellington, I'm definitely backing the Canes. Jordy Barrett's kicking kicks from his own 40, mate. In Canberra. In Canberra, more of a competition. I think it'd be a bit closer. I'd probably back the Brumbies in that regard. All right, Reds. The Reds but just are... fucking Lamarpy, mate. You see Lamarpy running at running at people? That was huge. Artie Savia is the best player in the world right now. That dude is an absolute monster. He, you could be five out with a bar, with a dude running onto it. Savia will stop him, kill for it, get the penalty, change that shit up. If Savia played, if Savia played eighty minutes, they would have won that game. He came off at the sixtieth, and I was like, "Fuck, what are you doing, man?" I know he's a tiresome workhorse. Guy needs a break. But uh, that, I don't know. It feels like you were signing a loss away when you took Savia off. Literally a game changer in that ruck. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say I reckon Australian rugby, because of the confidence and continuity that we've built after two years of Super Rugby AU, um, I actually think the Brumbies and Reds are going to show up with belief, with continuity, with consistency. I reckon they're going to match it with the Kiwi teams. Oh, man, wouldn't that be excellent? I'm optimistic too. I think they're better now than they were two years ago when we took on that comp. Both those teams are better now. Absolutely. Now, can the Force, Rebels and Tars, I don't share the same confidence, but I think none of them, except maybe the Tars, uh, but the Tars have never had a fully fit team this year. So let's nah. say the Tars, let's say they have a better run of injuries. I yeah. think all of those They're a team of infants too, man. I'd like to think none of them will be blown away. I think the Force and Rebels don't concede points easily and they won't yeah. make it easy. So I, I'm, I'm super excited. I love that we've had, this is what I mean by the COVID question. We've had this comp to build uh, and then we get a test in the second half. And by then we're getting 20,000 to a stadium. I'm dressing up my kid in the Brumbies kit before kickoff because I'm genuinely waking up excited for the game. And and every week you've got two games of Aussie rugby, which is awesome. So by the time this comp comes around and I need to watch three or four games, um, 
can't wait. I'm genuinely excited. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm pumped it, too. Anything you want to say quickly on the club rugby stand coverage? Um, yeah, I did actually switch it on for a bit. Uh, it's just hard to adjust to the camera angles. It's really hard to adjust. It's so you awesome, obviously, though, that yeah, it's cool commentating and covering the games and doing the highlight package and doing all of the games too. It's incredible. Like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. But I did struggle with the quality of it. Hmm. it I, 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 I caught the second half of the Southern Districts um, and watched them lose by a point, and then kept watching for the Brummies to lose by two points. Cracking weekend. Hmm. See, I watched Western Harbour play Randwick, and Randwick were just all over. Hmm. Um, all right, mate. Well, in the interest of time, I've just had my baby wake up, so I'm going to go hang out with that little man. Anything yep. else you'd like to add? Mm, not off the top. No, not off the top. Just projecting the next week, and yeah. then we'll call a day. Have a quick, have a quick Swiss instrument. I'd just like to say that those two Kiwi games were sensational. Um, that captain's call shit. Fuck that off. That's atrocious. Um, so the first game next week is the Force versus the Tars. Over yeah, I'm getting Earth. getting behind the Tars. Yes, it's going to be their first win and only win of the season. Oh, they're paying three and a half dollars, Jim. That's get on bad. it, people. Get on it. The Western Force, are you kidding me? See that Tars outfit? They just had a week off. They're fired up, brah. They're fired up. I don't know, mate. I reckon the Force will be fired up at home too. Um, now, Brumby's licking their wounds. It'll be hard to get up again, travelling down to Melbourne to face the Rebels for a Sunday afternoon game. Outstanding. Oh, that's fantastic news. Yeah, you know where we'll be, but we'll, we'll be home. Yeah, maybe check out at 10 a.m., so potentially, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, who are you on there? Uh, I'm going Brumbies. I'm going Brumbies by a decent margin here. And then they've got the last week off, the Brumbies. So that round 10 buy is perfectly placed. And I think the Brumbies um, licked their wounds really well last time. They put the force to the sword the next week. Um, mm. Hopefully they can show that, that same fortitude this week um, and, and, and hit the Rebels. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, because Rebels and Force, I think either of them could steal third place still. Mm. Yeah, so still Rebels even still got a bit to play for. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and then, then Kiwi? Kiwi, I'm going Blues to beat the Highlanders, even though uh, Blues to beat the Highlanders. And then oh, probably going to go Chiefs over the Crusaders, mate. Yeah, that's the big story for me coming out of the New Zealand comp, which is the rise of the Chiefs and demise of the Crusaders. I just haven't been following it closely enough. Obviously, mm. Crusaders got the win this week, but Jesus, only just. Yeah. Uh, they lost Obviously, the if I was putting cash on it, the Crusaders would be getting the money, but I'm going for the upset here. I'm on the Chiefs. I'm on, I'm on the Crusaders, mate. I'll, I'll never, ever tip against the black and red. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks for listening. See you, bud. See you, bud.